you a quick warning. If you haven't read The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon, you should probably do so. So take a second, read the book, and then get back to us and enjoy the podcast. Hey, hey guys. guys, I'm Emily. And I'm Tate. Welcome to our podcast, No Shit's Good. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the plot, analyzing different characters, and talking about how Christopher's autism protects him from emotional realities. We will also be discussing Christopher's relationships with key characters, discussing Christopher's mother's emotional and intellectual limitations, we will be discussing thematic concepts and statements, and we will be answering personal questions of our opinions of Christopher's limitations with autism. At the introduction of the book, we learn that Christopher is a young teen who's 15 years old and he struggles with autism. It doesn't openly come out and say that, but you have to infer that he does. And he discovers his neighbor's dog, Wellington, dead in Mrs. Shear's garden. This made Christopher want to solve the mystery of who killed Wellington. While solving this, Christopher is writing a book about how he is trying to figure it out. During this phase, he starts to have conflict with his father. When he starts to ask his father about Wellington, he seems to be very short-tempered and angry. This leads us to question his father and why this is coming out of nowhere. Because his father at the beginning seemed so good and so nice to Christopher. And then... He started to be so short-tempered and conflicted, so you can infer that there's something wrong there and that there may be a connection between Wellington and Christopher's father. And we know that his mom is, like, out of the picture now. It says she is dead. And as the plot increases, he goes around the neighborhood and he asks around if they know anything about what happened to Wellington. His father finds out, and he gets really angry and tells him to stop. However, Christopher is still going around, and he doesn't blatantly go around, but he comes up with little white lies, which led him to finding about the affair, and he took that good because of his autism. He didn't really care because his mom was dead. And finding about the affair, his father took his book, and... While his father was at work, Christopher tried to find it, and that led to the climax of the plot where Christopher finds the letters and sees that his mother is still alive. And his dad gets really angry at him when he finds out, and then he feels bad, and it comes to let the reader know that Christopher's father is the person who killed Wellington, and his mother has been alive this whole time, and his father has been lying to him for a while. Throughout this story, we have about eight characters that play a key role in this plot. Our two main characters are, of course, Christopher and his father. Christopher seems to struggle with uh, emotional conflicts, and he can't comprehend the conflicts happening during the story due to his autism. This creates multiple conflicts with Christopher and his father, yet he doesn't understand this since he's unable to comprehend these since they're emotional conflicts. Throughout the story, Christopher gains independence and understanding of how much he can do without parents and Shaban. And the next main character is Christopher's father. Christopher's father at first is Christopher's main, like, source of reliance. And Christopher originally seems to be extremely reliant on his father. The same reason he told his dad about the book, about what he's doing and why he won't lie to him, why he's only telling him white lies and instead of just telling him nothing. The next key character is Christopher's mom. 
we presume that Christopher's mom is dead at the beginning of the stories off of what his dad told him. And we were told that he had heart problems and that she was dead. And we don't understand why this is and why that she didn't respond or that Christopher couldn't visit her or anything like that until in the middle of the story at our climax we discover that she was alive and that she had an affair on Christopher's dad with Mr. Shears. And Mrs. Shears plays a key role because that's their neighbor and that's where Wellington died and Mrs. Shears seems to like not like Christopher that much because he like she yells at him and stuff and Mr. Shears another key role is Roger who Christopher's mother had an affair with which caused all this problems and Mrs. Alexander is how Christopher finds out about the affair which is kind of how it all ties together those three key characters and yeah our next character is Shaban. Shaban seems to be Christopher's guidance for him when he makes these independent actions or these actions without his father. Although we don't hear from her directly much, we just hear what she talks to Christopher. She seems to be very understanding of Christopher's actions, and although she may not support them, she will still let him and try not to stop him because she understands that that'll only make things worse. Our next characters are the police officers. The police officers seem to reflect Christopher's growth throughout the story. At the beginning, they're very short-tempered, not very understanding, and why Christopher hit them. He was just, they were very physical and just not understanding at all. But throughout the story, Christopher becomes more emotionally mature and more comprehensive of people's actions in tune with their emotions and the police officers seem to be the same way they start becoming more comprehensive of christopher they are start understanding why he does what he does and yeah and the police officers doing that like tate said it shows his emotional growth which is very it's like a cool thing if you realize that's what the police officers are showing and it's very good to like understand Christopher's autism allows how he reacts to a situation to be differently than how a neurotypical would react. Like, they would be shocked at something. And when Christopher finds out some, like, shocking news, he's kind of just like, okay. Except sometimes he has, like, a mental breakdown, but then he gets over it. He's kind of just like, whatever, when, like, you would really stick with it if you were neurotypical. Whenever he finds out about his mom's affair from Miss Alexander, he just says, I know, on page 60, and he goes home. His mother's death allows him to be like, I don't care about his mother's affair because he's just like, she's dead, what's the problem with it? Which makes you be like, a neurotypical wouldn't act that way about a death if that was the situation. They would still be shocked about it, but Christopher, he's kind of just like, I know. Chris, Christopher didn't really seem to care about that situation. It was like Christopher, he was like, okay, she's dead. Like you said, yeah. he thought that since she was dead that it didn't matter, that it's part of the past. He didn't overthink it or anything, which uh, conflicts his later thoughts since she turns out to be alive. But, yeah. Um, another thing was Christopher's, like, trip to London. Um, he... Like, didn't see that as a very big thing. He didn't understand the dangers of it. He didn't understand any of those emotional realities and what all could have happened. He was lucky to get out of it perfectly fine, but he never seemed to understand why the police were chasing them. 
he never understanded what was wrong with him just leaving and going to see his mother and he didn't understand that his dad wasn't gonna try and kill him like he did Wellington. Yeah, and he didn't understand why his dad would hide the letters and stuff like Tate said and what in the dangers of his trip to London he didn't understand why everyone was staring at him when he was like bundled up hiding because he was freaking out. Which protects him from the emotional realities in a good ways and bad if you think about it some people would really have a hard time comprehending most of this stuff and christopher kind of is just protected by it but other times like whenever he finds out his mom's alive and christopher's dad killed wellington he has like a mental breakdown and doesn't talk which makes him leave so it goes both ways a good topic of discussion i feel like would be christopher's dad um, Christopher's dad has limits for what he can do. He has strengths like every parent, and he also has weaknesses. Um, he's very patient with Christopher, and he's caring with him. And although sometimes he was short-tempered on the subject of Wellington, he's still a very effective and patient parent. He's very stubborn, um, and but also determined, similar to like Christopher is. But overall, his good traits make him a good father. Other, I mean, of course, other than killing Wellington. But um, his stubbornness shows whenever he admits to killing Wellington just because Miss Shears made him mad. And he even says, all I could think was that she cared more for her bloody dog than you or me. And just like everything, I'd been bottling it up for two years. Like, I don't know. Although overall he's a pretty good father, those are some of his flaws and some of the things he should work on. But overall, he's a positive influence on Christopher. This episode was made possible by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks. They have over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from. Visit www.audible.com for one free audiobook. This is the best place for audiobooks and I cannot recommend it enough. Even though we've already gone over this a bit, I just want to talk about um, Christopher's relationships with the key characters. Um, With his father, his father seems to be at first like his emotional shoulder to cry on, his guidance, and really his just main guardian and his parent. It's kind of somebody he can't live without. His relationship with his mother seemed to be very complicated at first when she was still with his father yet she still cared about him and she there was no interaction there was no connection with them or between them for years and later on in the story they seem to connect a lot more his mom still seems to care for them and they still have a genuine connection um miss shears miss shears at first was very She seemed to like Christopher until the incident with Wellington happened, and then she started being distant, and I think she seemed to have blamed Christopher for what happened to Wellington, even though they never had any evidence for it. He was just at the scene. Uh, Mr. Shears seems to hold back Christopher when it comes to him making a connection with his mom. He really just doesn't support Christopher living with them and doesn't understand the fact that Christopher and his mom haven't seen each other forever. So they really need to see each other, and he wasn't very understanding of that. 
Miss Alexander seems to help Christopher find out about his mom and help uh, further the plot. Without her, he wouldn't have started to look for more about the about his mom. And without her, we wouldn't have heard about the affair between Christopher's mom and Mr. Shears. And Christopher and uh, Siobhan seem to interact at school. And she seems to be Christopher's guidance when he does emotional stuff or his independent things. So if he's going to ask questions or if he's going to make a big decision and it's something that he can't tell his dad about, he will go to Siobhan about these things. And the police officers, um, he seems to interact with them throughout the story, uh, and they seem to usually be on his father's side. And they, they portray these obstacles that Christopher has to overcome, so they seem to be in his way constantly, but he still seems to get past these and better himself from them. The emotional and intellectual limitations of Christopher's mother kind of are like she doesn't really understand how to deal with Christopher, which is not good. She didn't even remember how Christopher didn't like to be touched whenever he came to see her, and he doesn't. She doesn't know how to deal with him, but his dad does, and an example she used to like hit Christopher instead of being patient. And these are all just negative ways. And when Christopher says, I pushed her away because she was grabbing me and I didn't like it, I pushed her really hard and I fell over. On page 191, it kind of just shows that she didn't, she like upset him and that's how he reacted. And his father is patient with him. And Christopher's mother just doesn't really know how to deal with it. And that's kind of why she didn't stay with him and just left i mean i get what you're saying on that but at the same time on page 194 when um she asked to hold his hand she said christopher let me hold your hand just for once just for me will you it seems like she was still understanding of the fact that christopher didn't like his hand being held but she wanted to do it in the moment because she hadn't seen him forever and i mean i would act the same way if I hadn't seen somebody for years, especially a family member. I would still want to act out of my emotions and stuff like that. For thematic concepts and statements, honesty and trust and family are the key concepts throughout the book and what Christopher lives by. A thematic statement I came up with is that trust can only be made if you're honest. And this thematic statement is how Christopher lives. You can see that throughout the story, his honesty is how he trusts people because whenever he finds out about his dad killing Wellington and how his dad hid his mom from him for like two years, he loses all trust and becomes scared of him. This is shown whenever his dad is asking him to make a promise. He says, you have to say you will never do something again and then you must never do it because that would make his promise a lie. A quote on page 50. And that just basically sums up, like, how Christopher, honesty is the key to him, and that's how he trusts people. And he basically only trusts his family, which the trust is then ruined because he 
finds out his family has been lying to him, and then he meets his mom, and his mom doesn't treat him how he should. So it all just ties together. A good topic of discussion is whether or not Christopher should have a driver's license. What do you think about that, Tegan? Honestly, I think he should be able to have a permit because he seems to be able to, like, comprehend things uh, a lot quicker when he's with his dad or when he's with somebody like Shabon. So I think that he should be able to have a permit where he can drive with people. And ABC News wrote an article about it. They said that uh, neurotypically acting people on the autistic spectrum or people with high-functioning autism can still get driver's licenses. So I think that although he's not super high-functioning, he should be able to get a permit so he at least has a chance. And if that didn't go well, then he, he wouldn't, like, be able to use it. But at the same time, you got to give him a chance. I think he should not have a permit because he gets himself into situations wherever he has, like, a mental breakdown. And if that happened on the road, he could hurt himself or others around him and it just wouldn't be a good idea like in the train station when he felt too crowded he said on page 177 he said i wanted it to stop like you can just pull the plug out of the computer if it crashes because i wanted to go to sleep so that i wouldn't have to think because the only thing i could think about was how much it hurt because there was no room for anything else inside my head but I couldn't go to sleep, and I just had to sit there, and there was nothing else to do except to wait and to hurt. And if something like that happened on the road, there's a lot of cars at places, and he felt too, like, crowded and had, like, a mental breakdown, he would hurt himself and others, so I just think it wouldn't be a good idea. I get that. My reactions to the book consisted of being shocked, even though I kind of thought his dad was the one who killed Wellington, but I just didn't really know. And I was inspired by how Christopher was so strong throughout the whole thing. And even though he had some issues, he still was strong. And a quote that really stuck with me was whenever Christopher says, I'm going to prove that I'm not stupid. He does that all throughout the book. He does his math A-levels and writes the book which is very good and he just proves that he's not stupid and he's not going to be put down by his autism and he's smart initially i was super intrigued with the book the complex like idea of christopher's thought process and the way he does things just really intrigued me and had me super reeled in throughout the whole book and um, personally, I can relate to Christopher on uh, with his family structure because as somebody who's had divorced parents for half my life, I can understand uh, the complications Christopher has to go th- through without being grounded to one person or one family group because although at the beginning of the story he was with his dad, Later on, he was having to decide between which parents and things like that, and I understand how hard that can be. So throughout this episode, we discussed the characters and analyzed the plot and the characters, and we talked about Christopher's autism and how it affects him through shocking times. We discussed thematic concepts and statements, 
talked about whether or not Christopher should be allowed to get a driver's license or not, and we connected our personal life to the book and reflected on it. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, tune in to our next episode where we're going to be comparing Christopher to Sam from the Netflix original series Atypical. Um, hopefully, y'all enjoy that and listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Outro music. Bam. Bam. Thank you.